It's the Video Entrepreneurs Podcast, the official podcast for Uscreen, the number one video platform for video monetization. Today, I have Deshana Spencer with me from Quelly TV, and she's actually been a Uscreen customer for over three years now. So we're super happy to have you uh, on our podcast today, Deshana. Welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, great. Deshana, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're actually located very close to our offices in Washington, D.C. Where are you actually located? So I'm out right outside of Washington, D.C. I'm in Old Town, Alexandria. So for people who are familiar with the D.C. area, we're just across the bridge from D.C. Awesome. Very close by. That's very cool. Rarely do I get to speak with customers or colleagues in the D.C. metro area because we have a remote team and most of our customers obviously are everywhere else. Um, awesome. So, Deshana, tell me about Quelly TV. Sure, I'd love to. So, Quelly TV, we celebrate stories of the global Black experience through independent films, documentaries, web shows, and children's programming, and we just start to dive into events. Quelly means truth in Swahili, and so our mission is to curate content that's a true reflection of the global Black experience. Awesome. I love that. So it's pretty much, uh, you would say, a lot of customers that come to Uscreen and leverage the platform, we, we say if they're around entertainment, they're kind of like Netflix type experiences, Netflix type services. For you specifically, your niche entertainment around video. So like, why should a niche entertainment video platform um, kind of leverage a platform, like leverage and, and use Uscreen the way that you do? How is that niche offering of content helping you stream and get across the message and what you're offering? Great. So that's kind of, I would answer it in two ways. So when I started Quality TV, when we were in beta, we built it from scratch. Um, my background is in journalism. I don't know anything about this industry, but I knew I wanted to create a space in which we can celebrate black stories. And so I remember going to some tech people who thought they can build it out and they really didn't know what they were doing, <laughs> to be quite honest. And we were in beta much longer than we had anticipated, but I still believe in the mission. And so um, I reached out to Uscreen mainly because it was very easy for me to use. I've used WordPress before and I've built sites on WordPress. Not that it's as simple as WordPress, but it's pretty simple. You can upload everything and it's very user friendly and we can still get our, our point across. And so for anyone who has a niche market, I think if you're trying to start off small to see whether or not, like anyone who has a startup company, you want to see whether or not people actually want what you're offering Starting off with like a use screen uh, would be really helpful because you can start uh, on budget and they can kind of grow organically like we've been able to do. We're not, we don't have a huge investor where we haven't raised like millions of dollars, you know, we, between pitch competitions and grants, other things and very, very small investments. We probably only raised about $100,000 or $220,000 in the last couple of years. So we don't have a lot of money, but we have a big mission and, and we have big goals. And by being able to have a partner like a Uscreen, it is able to help us sort of catapult our company uh, faster and be able to build apps and things that customers are looking for. So even though you may have a niche market, it doesn't negate the fact that people want to watch your content on a Roku or, or Amazon Fire Stick. And um, for me, it allows us to be able to get our message across to many different platforms. 
Awesome. I love that. Thank you for that, Deshana. Yeah, you guys have over 30,000 registered users, so you're absolutely doing really well. And the site looks beautiful. You have a lot of good engagement on the content. So it's, we're super happy to have you. And as you said, you didn't raise a lot of money and didn't go after big funding and anything else. And the platform, you know, got you to market very quickly. I love the fact that you're super niche. You offer a lot of value. Um, and you know, you're really targeted towards your audience. Um, so that's actually an interesting point to bring up because a lot of our customers do a lot of niche content and they're directly, um, associated with their audience and, and they provide value to them. So how does the video on demand, the VOD platform, um, help you as social empowerment, um, enable, you know, enabling you to kind of, uh, you know, offer your content and value to your audience? Right. So when I started Quilly TV, um, I really just wanted to change the narrative. And I was trying to figure out how can I do that, you know, through a streaming service as well as through a niche market. And this has allowed me to, to do that, right? So um, as I mentioned, Quilly means truth in Swahili. And from day one, we've always been about being extremely niche. One of the things, when we first started Chloe TV, people were like, oh, you have the black Netflix. We're not the black Netflix. We're not all things to all people. You know, for us, we want to make sure our stories are not monolithic, not demeaning, not stereotypical. And we also want to be thoughtful about the stories that we choose to put out there. And so I do, when I do talk to people who are looking to create similar models, they want to be all things to all people. And I say, no, actually, it's okay to be a niche because I think what Netflix probably gets wrong, like with their algorithms, that they're trying to be all things, all people, and people are still having a hard time finding the content that they're looking for. By having a niche market, people know exactly when they go into Chloe TV, they're going to find a really great, great documentary from Brazil or a really great short from Atlanta or wherever. You know, they know that what they're looking for when they come to the platform. And so I think it's important to be able to tell you storytelling as a way of healing, as a way of changing narrative. For me, that's what's really important for Philly TV. Um, there's a study that came out recently about um, how black people are viewed in the media. And it talked about implicit bias. And the study showed that 80% of white people have implicit bias against black people, but 50% of black people have implicit bias against black people, right? Half of us even see other black people and one across the street, right? And it's all because of media. And so while I know that Quilly TV can't change the world, you know, I think that we can at least change mindsets, our own mindsets of how we see ourselves and also how other people see us. I think also we have a niche market. You think, oh, only black people are going to watch Quilly TV. We have white customers too. We tell, we encourage um, people who outside of our community to watch our content because we feel like it's for everyone to learn and educate themselves as well as celebrate the culture. Great answer. Thank you for that. That's actually awesome insight into um, everything Quality TV. So that's pretty cool. Now, where do you um, where do you get inspiration and knowledge to grow? Mm -hmm. Inspiration and knowledge to grow. That's a really interesting question. So for me, I get my inspiration, I guess, from my filmmakers. <laughs> right now, we work with over two hundred filmmakers globally, and whenever we, and we source all our films from film festivals, too. I don't know if I mentioned that part, but we basically all of our films from film festivals, so people know that if they come to our platform, it's just not some willy-nilly, you know, low-budget film. Like, no, this is a film that may 
they, ha they have a big budget, but it was at ten festivals and it did really well, despite their budget, despite maybe the actors maybe lesser known. Um, that really gives me inspiration, right? When I see a really great independent film from a up and coming filmmaker and they're you know have a really great message, that inspires me to want to put out more great content and really support them. So people, they can make money off of their work. For us, it's not just about us, you know, changing narrative, but we also want to create a platform which we're allowing up and coming, very promising filmmakers to get their content shown and make money off of it. And that's just as important as, um, you know, having a distribution part. And that's what really inspires me to go out there looking for new content and wanting to, you know, give back to, to our community through our content. Perfect. Thank you for that quality. Now, question. Look, you have you get a lot of your content from film festivals, as you said, which is actually a great tip. Um, what about content selection? You obviously have a, a large selection of content, right? There's a lot that you can do. Where do you get content selection from for your channel? How do you pick and choose? So, so we have a criteria. First, it has to be in a film festival. Um, we get content two ways. Either people submit content to us. We have a submit a film or show on our website. So anyone who has a film, documentary, web series, they can submit to us and we review it. And then we also seek out content. We have a, a spreadsheet of film festivals from around the world. We're always looking um, for spaces in which we can find new content and we reach out to filmmakers that we think will be a really great fit for the platform. But we also do take content as well from people who do submit content to us. Awesome. And then do you pay them for that content? Like when they're submitting content, are you paying royalties? And if you, if yes, how do you do that? Sure. So 60% of our revenue, six zero, because some people think we say six, 60% 60 of our revenue goes to our content creators it's based off of minutes viewed. Um, we basically take the data that um, we get from your screen because we can literally put in the quarter, um, that put the entire quarter and it's an order and the most viewed films. We put that into a spreadsheet and then we send out to filmmakers and then we pay filmmakers via PayPal. And that's how we pay them. So 60% of our revenue, you know, we're all about making sure we're supporting them and that's how we do that through our revenue share model. Awesome. So that has a benefit for them, obviously, as well, because you're distributing their films and then they're also getting um, payment based on, you know, like you said, number of plays, watch time, minutes viewed and all that stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, so at what point did you decide that you're like, OK, I need to get my content streamed on all platforms, on all apps? When did that become important for you? It was pretty early on. I mean, even before we started working on Uscreen, day one, people were like, well, how come you're on a Roku or Amazon Fire? Like, well, we don't have all the money. And I think, you know, customers, they don't understand how it all works. They just think, oh, just create an app and put it everywhere. They don't realize that every single platform has a specific way in which the app has to be built. <laughs> Amazon Fire Stick has their own technology. Roku has their own technology. iOS. Android, they're all built differently, and it's just not as simple as building one app and putting them everywhere. Hearing from customers saying, hey, you know, I will subscribe if you're on here, they're really, you know, struck with me, like, okay, I need to be everywhere. And then customers, they, they just assume that if you have a streaming service, that you're on these platforms automatically. They're, they're so used to kind of everything being at their disposal automatically all the time. 
And so it was very early on knowing that we need to be on different platforms to reach as most people as possible. Awesome. That's very cool. Now with, um, how about free trials? Like what could you say with free trials with your setup? Like as a niche entertainment video platform and offering like you do, what's the benefit of offering a free trial? So having free trials, it allows people to test the waters. Um, and, and, you know, we do two things. We have a free trial and you can see all the content that we have, right? Which is very different from some streaming services where in order for you to even see what they offer, you have to actually subscribe. And so I think for us, we want to be open and we want people to test it out. I think seven days is a, we do seven day trial. I think that's long enough. Some people do 14, some people do 30. For us, it puts the fire back on the customer if they are really interested in what we're, what we're offering. Within seven days, they're going to stick around or they're going to unsubscribe. We want people to kind of know right away whether or not they're interested in us, but you want people to have the opportunity because you are a niche market and because you're, you're not like Disney Plus or Netflix where it's like people know their name they're going to automatically try you out. If you're an unnamed, un unknown type of source, people need to be able to see the type of content that you offer before they make a, a decision. And I think seven days is good and enough time to do that. And I also suggest having your content, the at least the list of titles, the trailers open, so people can see, they can watch any trailer that they want to and make a decision even if they don't decide to do the seven-day trial right away, they can at least see what you offer. They can Google the content. They can, for us, they can learn about the filmmakers on the platform before they make a decision because we want people to know right away. We don't want to waste people's times. I think it's very false for people to hide content and, and not even have a trial and almost forcing people to subscribe and then you get all these unsubscribes because you force people to even, to get through the gate you had, you made them give you money, you made them, you know, um, you know, look and, you know, go the extra mile. And for me, we want to make it easier for our customers to, or potential customers to be able to see what we offer because we have nothing to hide. We want people to, you know, be able to test, test the waters out before they make a decision. Yeah, that's a good point. I think if I'm not sure of this, we have to look it up, but I think Netflix is also maybe seven days. It could even be, yeah, I think it is seven days. Um, I do like that. Like you were saying, a closed membership site where you actually lock down and it's only a sales page and then you need to sign up to gain access. Netflix is actually like that. It's just a sales page. You can do that with Uscreen, but I personally like the browse option. You go to the catalog, you're swiping, you see the experience, you could even watch a trailer and then you subscribe with a credit card, go into the trial, see if you like what you see. Because if, you want, if, you're gonna, if they're gonna stay, they gotta get a taste for the content and be like, I wanna watch Quelly's content and, and be a subscriber in that case. Yeah, and I don't think because of that reason you have high share and you do really well. Um, let me ask you this, with as a bootstrap niche entertainment company, what does it take to grow in today's media landscape? A lot of hard work <laughs> and, and, not, and not give up attitude, I mean, honestly. Um, and that's just a kind of easy way. But honestly, for me personally, I grew up working class. My parents were working class, and I've always been able to save my money. And I think a lot of times if, when you're in a niche market, you want to be Netflix tomorrow, and you don't have a lot of money to do that. And so people have this tendency – I'm going to create version programming and I'm going to get a million titles and I'm going to offer all these things. 
and then you run out of money and you you you, you know you run out, you go out of business. Our approach is a little bit different. We do not overspend. We spend the money that we make. Um, and so we don't go over that. And, you know, we're very strategic about how we spend our marketing dollars. We don't overspend marketing. We have a strict budget on kind of what our goals are for the month, how many people we want to reach, and from their reach, how many customers we think we're going to gain from that. Um, I always encourage people to sort of test the waters on marketing, spend a little bit of money, see how well they do in certain um, avenues, tweak some things, and then if you see something that works really well, go with it. When we initially started advertising, especially like on Facebook and Instagram, we were probably spending about $30 to gain the customer. Now we're down to about $8, which is a lot better. And so, but we did that through trial and error, testing it out, testing what messages hit people better. And so my suggestion would be really being very strategic about, you know, going on social media, pinpointing the likes that you know your customers like, you know, finding where they are on social media and targeting them specifically because you have a better chance of reaching those people versus other other avenues. And that's how we've been able to grow organically. Now, again, you're not going to be all things, all people. And you need to be realistic about your niche and how fast you're going to grow because you don't have a lot of money. But just know that even if you're spending $100 a month on advertising or social media, have a goal behind that. Okay, my goal with $100, I want to reach 1,000 people every month, and I'm hoping that, you know, we get a 10% return on a person who converts over to a paid subscriber, whatever the case may be. Just have it in writing, and that way it makes it easier for you to set your goals when you're trying to um, navigate this. Because it's hard. I mean, there's Disney+, Plus, there's Hulu, there's Netflix. You know, there's so many big companies that can advertise and just pour money into their companies. We don't have the same luxury to do that, so we have to be very strategic on how we spend the advertising dollars. And you definitely should have advertising dollars. You should not just assume that people are going to find you. You need to get the word out about what you're doing. Okay. Now, on advertising, Deshana, do you do a lot of the distribution, marketing, advertising yourself? Do you get the word out and create awareness yourself, or do you have someone helping you? So we, we, it's all in, in-house. We um, basically, we, we were working with some marketing people, but it just didn't work out. Like the money we're spending to pay them to market, we could have just done it ourselves and we were actually getting better results. I also think that if you go with an outside marketing team, just make sure you know your market and your niche and your customer very, very well. I mean, for me personally, like we've done this, all this work about our, our market and our customer, we've done customer profiles. I mean, we've done all this stuff already, so we know who our customers are. I think that if you go with the outside marketing team, just making sure that you do that work up front, just don't willy-nilly say, okay, I think my customer like this, and I think my customer likes that. You really have to create these profiles of people so you know, okay, my customer, like my customer, close to these customer, she's more likely, she, she's more likely to be 32 years old. She's more likely to live in a major metropolitan area. She is a professional, you know, um, I know who my customer is. So when we go out trying to market, we know that's our, our top customer. Our secondary customer, the 37-year-old dad, also, also lives in a major city. You know, we know who he is, and we go out looking for him when we're trying to do our second-tier marketing. And so I think you just have to be very strategic in making sure you know exactly who your, who your target market is, 
So you're reaching to the right people because it's a waste of money just really nearly doing that. But if you have a marketing team, just make sure they take the time. If they're not saying, then use the words customer bio and all those things and go with another marketing, t- marketing team because they're not looking, they're not really working hard to look for your ideal customer. Yeah, you're right about that. You got to know exactly who your audience and demographic is, just like Uscreen does for their average customer, uh, because it's it's such a widespread internet world and so many different social media platforms, and you need got to hit the right person and you know all those social platforms that allow you to do advertising, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You you can nail down to exactly the person's demographic, like you were saying, male, female, within this age, working within fitness, entertainment. What yeah, are the, within whatever. Mile, within 50 miles, 20 miles, I mean, it's, you can really, really pinpoint it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's super important. Just like any other business, it's definitely work. You got to take the time to learn the industry, understand the business, and then go out and reach. Would you say subscriptions for you have been absolutely the way to go? Because you sell subscriptions with a free mm-hmm. trial. Would you consider trying any other monetization forms or is subscription king for you? Because out with you screen, 80% of our customers, if not more now, only sell subscriptions. What do you think about the subscription monetization model for you? I think the subscription model is probably the best model for us right now. We are looking into an ABOT model that we want like a secondary, you know, for people who will yeah. never subscribe to Clay TV. But I also think that people should pay for good content. I, I think that in the 2000s when the internet, you know, became popping, people just wanted to give away stuff. You know, it's on the internet. It's free. We want people, you just want people to come to our site and now we create this generation of people who just want everything for free and don't, don't understand that a filmmaker or a music, even, even outside of, of what we do, that it takes time and energy for people to create. And we want people to be monetized for that. And so S5 to me is the best model for that. Um, for us to be able to pay our filmmakers properly. Um, and you can, it could be as cheap as $2. I think a lot of times um, people devalue themselves and what they've created just for the sake of having eyeballs. And we can see it in all different industries where it's all about, oh, we, want, we just want customers. We don't care about the money. We'll make money eventually. That's not working these days. You're looking for the companies that have been able to try to go IPO. Once you look over the, you know, Look up, the, look at the hood of the car. You realize, oh wow, maybe we should be focusing on creating money, monetizing what they're doing, because at long term, that's what's going to make you more successful. Now, you know, for us, we're looking at diversifying. We we want to create an AVOD model as well. Um, that would be a very like small, much smaller fee that's supported by advertising. We're also creating events. We did some events last year. We're looking to do more events this year. So we're also looking at various ways in which we can make money. But I think that initially, the, the SVI, anyone who's looking to create a niche market, we didn't start doing events right away. You know, we're not, we're not doing AVI yet, but we're looking, you know, by quarter two, definitely to do that. And so focus on the SVI model, making sure that people actually want to pay for it. Because, you know, the last thing you want is to create an AVOD model first <laughs> and then then do the SVOD model. People would never pay for it. And so you should create the appetite for people to want to pay for something. And that way you can bring in revenue so you can grow your business. Because at the end of the day, you can't really grow unless you're able to bring in some money. And also it's a way to sort of um, test to see whether or not people actually want what you're selling. If people are willing to pay for it, you know that maybe you need to go a different direction. 
Yeah, that's a really good point, Deshaun. I love that you said that. Sometimes customers come to us and they're like, We're, we want to do AVOD. First of all, YouTube's amazing for AVOD, right? You want to own your customers and you got to bring in the traffic for AVOD to make you any money. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely agree. SVOD is number one. You got to prove your concept, prove that people want to watch your content, make some money. Then you have your additional type of services, your Pluto TV and all these other services that you can do AVOD in addition to your SVOD. So absolutely SVOD's the master and then you can grow from there. That's a really good point on that. Um, Awesome. So one last thing for you, what is the future for Quelly? You've been doing so well so far. You've come a long way. Um, I think your uh, Quelly is now four years old or is it five years? So we were in beta for two years and then we've even been out of beta for two and a half years. So yeah, about, about four years. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. And a great job so far, Deshana. So what's in for Quali in the future? What, what's, what's to come? So we want to do more events. That's something that's really important to us. We're going to be creating a, a Quali fund. So we're going to be creating kind of like a, a crowdfunding um, page um, for our filmmakers only, so it's an exclusive crowdfunding. Um, so and, and they'll be vetted because our content's on Quilly TV. We want to do. I think I mentioned more events. We have a big event this year. We're looking to do called Quilly Con, and it's going to be in Baltimore this year. Fireside chats, film screenings. We're really excited about that. We want to do a Quilly Awards, kind of like the Oscars, but all independent black film from around the world. So we have a lot of. Interesting things we're looking to do in the future. We're hoping to eventually create original programming. We're not quite there yet just because it's so expensive to do original programming. And there's so much great content that's out from these independent filmmakers. So we really still want to focus on that. But those are just some of the things we're looking to do in the future. That's awesome. Very inspirational, Deshana. And I'm going to check out QualiCon. We're obviously close to Baltimore, so I will definitely be sure to try and attend with our team. It's been a pleasure working with you, speaking to you, with you, Deshana. Thank you very much. I appreciate you being on the show and great insight on everything. Congrats. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks for listening. At Uscreen, we take care of the whole lot. Video hosting, streaming, monetization, analytics, and anything else you need to succeed. That includes getting your own app for devices such as iOS, Apple TV, Roku, and much more. Uscreen gives you all the ingredients you need to create and scale an amazing streaming service. 